coming up on today's episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. I remember as a, as a little kid, one of the first Christmas presents I got was one of those little fishing rods. I remember <laughs> the name of it. It was I, a Nepco yeah, like fishing the, rod. Yeah, like the toy one, right? Yeah. Graduated high school. A couple of years later, I moved to Florida with $400 in my pocket. Wow. Mm-hmm. I toss my line out as far as I could into the Banana River and just sit and wait for the bend of the, of the pole and you're dragging these monster redfish. And wow. Was, that was a, How that big was are a they? cool experience. That's it, uh, a fishtail. <laughs> <laughs> Coming to you from St. Petersburg, Florida, you're listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the show that's the authority on where to eat in St. Pete. Here are your hosts, Kevin Godby and Lori Brown. Hi, I'm Kevin Godby. And I'm Lori Brown. Thank you for tuning in today. Welcome to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the podcast that's it when it comes to restaurants and food information in St. Pete. And be sure to check out our website, stpetersburgfoodies.com. There you'll find great information, including restaurant reviews, the largest St. Pete happy hour list ever created and kept updated, and information on the newest restaurants in town. We are locals that live in downtown St. Pete, and we've been eating our way through this town for years, so you don't have to, but you should. We have a new episode every Tuesday. Just hit the subscribe button and you'll get notified when an episode is ready for download. And then you can listen to them anytime you want, like on your morning jog or commute to work. On today's show, our featured guests are Rachel and Margaret Covello of Fishmonger Approved. Margaret was the founder of the famous Maximo Seafood Shack here in St. Pete, and now she continues her fantastic journey with her new business, Fishmonger Approved. It's an online digital magazine created for Florida seafood fanatics, sharing how to source, fillet, cook, and enjoy fresh seafood. And she will be contributing a new monthly seafood recipe to St. Pete Foodies, starting with this episode. We'll be chowing down on the delicious fishmonger tuna burger with double-barreled potato salad. Our musical guests today are Shua Harrell and Bucky Buckingham from the band Oxford Noland. We We have have a a great great show, show, so stick stick around. around. Okay, Kevin, now it's time for you to answer the Fast Five Foodies questions. Are you ready? Yes. What's your favorite food? Everything on the menu at Salty J's, especially the Toss Big Blue, which is basically a giant hamburger salad with a ton of blue cheese. The buffalo chicken salad is really awesome. And I love their tacos, especially the uh, Placido Bio tacos and the Sweet Thai taco. Also, if you like burgers, the Big Tex Burger is a nice big monster one. I just want to shove that whole thing in my face. And then the, the Big J's Loaded Sirloin Philly. You love that one. Yes, I do love that one. It's so good. And Mrs. Salty's favorite massive hot dog. It is huge. It's a freaking half pound and literally as big as your head. Yes. So what's your least favorite food? Anything that's not from Salty J's. <laughs> Goofhead. What's your favorite restaurant in St. Pete? Uh, duh. Salt or pepper? Salt. EJ's. And can you cook? Yes, but I'm not cooking anymore. I just go to Salty J's now. (laughs) Salty J's is on 4th Street North in the 50s, specifically 5625 4th Street North. Let's get salty. I love soup, and I'm always in search of a great soup. 
ramen is just so complex and delicious with layers of complex flavors in its broth. Booyah Ramen is one of my favorite places in downtown St. Pete, so much so that I recently included them on my top five Asian noodle soups list for their pork belly ramen. Now, Booyah's success is not just about the ramen. It's a hip, upbeat environment meant for unwinding and socializing with house-crafted cocktails, a large selection of Japanese whiskey, and izakaya, too. Those are small plates of different types of appetizers that are delicious, as well as the ramen. The ambiance of the place, along with the friendliness of the owners and staff, really adds to the character and charm of Buya. And to add to its coolness, the owners are actually opening up four more stores, one in Miami, and three in Berlin of all places. Yes, Berlin, Germany, how cool is that? Buya Ramen is located at 911 Central Avenue in downtown St. Pete and is open seven days a week at 11 a.m. Do ya, Buya? Please welcome to the show, Rachel and Margaret Covello from Fishmonger Approved. Welcome to the show, ladies. Welcome. Thanks for having us. Yeah, Thank thanks yes. for coming. Thanks for feeding us, too. Yeah. And, yeah, we're going to get into the amazing food we just had and talk about the recipe and how to do this at home. But first, Margaret is the founder of the Maximo Seafood Shack, which was a beloved seafood restaurant that was forced to close last year. And we'll get a little background on that in one sec. The getaway at Maximo Marina replaced it, but then they recently closed abruptly without notice. And we're not going to look back too much. We're going to talking about moving forward. And Margaret is the Kung Fu Jedi Master High Priestess of Seafood. <laughs> I have to do, read your business cards now. Yeah. Um, but be, you know, before uh, we get into the recipe, let's do a little bit on, on your background. I came from Connecticut. Uh, I was born in uh, Connecticut. And... Um, I remember as a, as a little kid, one of the first Christmas presents I got was one of those little fishing rods. That, huh. I don't remember the name of it. It was I, a Nepco yeah, like fishing the, rod. Yeah, like the toy one, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And so I used it in the puddles in the front yard. Oh, so, how cute. Catching imaginary fish. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, you know, and fast forward on my um, eighth birthday, uh, I wanted to go out and actually do some saltwater fishing, but I was disappointed. It was so cold, we couldn't really do much fishing so i remember going down to the rocks and because your birthday's in march and you're in march and i'm pisces so in connecticut it's it was pretty cold that's a little chilly yeah so um i spend um every time i had a chance to you know we'd go out and in the uh, creeks with worms and fish and um you know on the banks we'd pick up mussels and of course i'd I'd bring them home and give them to my grandmother and she'd say oh yes they're great but i don't think she ever ate them she just (laughs) she did and so it's like the um, fake eating. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so well, it's better, better than mud pies, anyway. <laughs> yeah. We ate a few of those. But so as I got into, you know, through high school, you know, we didn't have the, the uh, you know, I'm dating myself now, but there wasn't any internet back then. We only had TV. And so, mm-hmm. you know, dreams of going to a place where there's actually, you know, surrounded by water and, and beaches and oceans. So I saved up enough money, actually $400. And by the time I, uh, I always say after I graduated high school, a couple of years later, I moved to Florida with $400 in my pocket. Wow. Mm-hmm. And and where did you land in Florida? In Daytona. Daytona. Oh, okay. Huh? In Daytona, yeah. Um, did a few things there, and I, um, I worked on a shrimp boat for a little while. It was oh, wow. a brief, brief stint that I realized quickly I didn't want to do that for a living. So <laughs> I, got a, uh, I did get an education. I went to college for a while and, and another life. I got a degree in electronics, worked at the Space Center. Mm-hmm. But, oh, nice. Uh, one of the nice things about when I lived over there, I lived in the Banana River for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And so where I lived, for, 
across the Banana River, you could see actually the touch and go for the uh, astronauts when they were practicing their landings with the, mm-hmm. with the space shuttle. But wow. the cool thing was at night, um, Banana River is famous for redfish. Mm-hmm. Throw, I learned how to throw a cast net um, oh, wow. and catch finger mullet. And so I keep the finger mullet in a, in a little bucket at nighttime, and um, I toss my line out as far as I could into the Banana River and just sit and wait for the bend of the, of the pole, and we're dragging these monster redfish. And wow. Was, that was a, How that big was a are cool they? experience. It's it, uh, a fishtail. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, two, two yeah, they were two and a half, three feet. Yeah, two, two, and, a half. <laughs> yeah, two and a half, three feet, maybe six feet. I don't know. But she they just were put her large, arms yeah. out like really big. I once caught a fish this big. So I lived there for a little while, and then um, I ventured over to St. Pete. Let's see, twenty-five years ago. Mm-hmm. Been here ever since, and um, so. You know, off and on, still, you know, getting involved with different people fishing. I, not only fishing, but I learned how to cook probably from the country guys that I've met and worked with, you know, mm-hmm. um, old school kind of fishing ways, fish fish boils or, or rather crab boils and fish fries. And I um, just started experimenting with different methods of fishing. Of course, along the way, you know, back to when I was a little kid um, fishing on the docks, I started to, to learn how to fillet fish from these old men that were sitting there and you know, it, it was probably my first experience with, you know, communicating with fishermen. You know, they're very aggravated with you initially. And so if you have patience and, you know, you, you show a, a real interest and see your interest in doing something, they'll, they'll take the time to show you. Mm-hmm. And then they won't tell you everything. So, you know, they <laughs> kind of laugh at you when you make mistakes. And so yeah. they, they have to learn the hard way. They don't want to make it too easy. They don't want to make it too easy. So, I, you know, experimenting with, you know, flaying fish and um, so trial and error sort of thing. Coming back to uh, St. Pete, I bought a home in uh, South St. Petersburg, and I happened to stumble upon this uh, bait and tackle store down in the uh, Maximo or in the uh, Maximo Marina, Maximo Moorings. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, it mm-hmm. was called Castaways mm-hmm. at the time, and uh, I got to be uh, friends with a gentleman there named Mike Metz, another grumpy old fisherman who. <laughs> <laughs> If anybody knows Mike, they understand that, but he had a head of hard gold. So we, we became good friends, and I'd start hanging out with him um, after work. I'd go there and uh, tall tales of, of other things. But the, the cool part about that, too, was a lot of other locals would come, and, and, and you know, we'd have a few beers after work. And he had um, a display case that barely worked with fish in it, and he had a huge 400-gallon uh, um, live well that he sold shrimp out of in a small tackle shop in the back. And... So the whole scene was at the end of a dock in this old dilapidated building. Not much to it. Uh, Mike probably had, the, I probably had the place for maybe eight years. And one day he says, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And everybody was pretty upset about it. And I was right. especially upset about mm-hmm. it. And um, it was kind of funny because about a week or two later, this gentleman named Chris Turner, who also helped Mike along the way with his business. And um, um, he's, a very, he's a high influence in the area. And mm-hmm. a lot of people who know him, he's... Uh, he's a Floridian. His father um, goes way back. Um, used to build boats and made mm-hmm. nets in the area. Chris calls me up and says, "Hey, are you interested in doing something? You want to take over this place and make it into something different?" I'm thinking about maybe doing sandwiches for the fishermen. You know, taking this bait and tackle and blah blah blah. So I, said, yeah, of course I'm interested. Mm-hmm. How am I going to do this? I, you know, I still got to make a living. So. But together with Chris and another partner that I had at the time, we we went ahead and opened up the business. We started with a small display case. Um, we got rid of mics. It didn't work, like I said before. <laughs> um, started selling a little right. bit of seafood. 
Chris was also a, um, a charter captain, very large uh, vessels, and so he was hardly around, and so it became evident pretty quick he didn't really want to do much mm-hmm. with this. So fast forward, I took it over. I took out a small business loan against myself um, and started selling just seafood and kept the bait and tackle for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, shrimp doesn't make a whole lot of money. Right, right. You know, and then so, the, you know, the, the fish sales was kind of slow and it started making me nervous. You know, we started freezing the fish and turning around trying to sell the frozen fish at a discount. Started making the fish spread out of that fish spread. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other story we don't have time to get into, but that turned into our, our seafood shack spread. Mm-hmm. Slowly, you know, we started to get a little bit of business. Um, Facebook was sort of new at the time. Um, started advertising through Facebook, started to get a little bit more business, but still the fish sales wasn't enough mm-hmm. so, so let's start cooking so yeah yeah <laughs> i got a small grill i got a little one of those um, barrel smokers and then i got a little um, grill at, at lowe's and stuff started you know making kerper sandwiches mm-hmm. and um, then started selling them on a saturday and those started becoming popular people would come in can you get it you know i want a sandwich okay pull out a fish at us out of the case cut it up on the uh, on the fish fillet table which was conveniently right there too mm-hmm Next thing you know, I'm making grouper sandwiches on Saturdays. Now I have to hire somebody to help me make them on, on you know, roping on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and half a day Sunday. Mm-hmm. So we started making them on Wednesdays, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And next thing you know, we're selling grouper sandwiches. One thing led to another. I ripped out that shrimp tank, which was worthless. Mm-hmm. Bought a larger smoker, mm-hmm. very large smoker, mm-hmm. so that we could, you know, not only, you know, make some more room for a bigger grill, but, you know, shrimp was worthless, you know, right. in that business. Added a few tables, and next thing you know, we became a very popular destination. Nice. Yeah. So yes. within five years, actually five years to the day, May 8th, to May 8th, mm-hmm. five years, we were in business. Nice. And you closed not because you weren't uh, doing well. No, we were actually very successful. Mm-hmm. We had a, a huge following. It was April Fool's Day that I got a notice, let's just say the... Uh, the residents of the uh, marina who were running the business there, and um, they said, yeah, we need you to um, be off the property within three months because we have plans to do other things here. You know, I really, you know, without going into much detail, didn't have a choice. So right. we, word got out pretty quick. Over 20,000 people signed a petition. Yeah, there was an uproar. To keep yeah, in our, the shack, in our and it was, yeah. it was mind-blowing to me because coming from nothing to this, you know, I, tried, I literally turned around and I had a huge wave of followers behind me. And it was it was just the love of, you know, the passion for doing the right thing, having right. the right the right menu, the right. doing the right thing, you know. And Rachel describes it as, go ahead, the shack was her. Yeah, I mean, the shack was her. I always say the shack was her greatest love. I don't take offense to that as her wife, <laughs> but um, it, I think that was probably the thing that made her. Not made her who she is, but really brought everything together about who she was and put it in one mm-hmm. business. And and so it's been. I met her after the shack. I didn't get to. Unfortunately, I didn't get to enjoy the shack. Although I enjoy it every day now that she's cooking at home. <laughs> yeah, um, you're like the exclusive yeah. customer. Now. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. love it. But I feel her love through that food. I feel her passion for seafood, her pride in what she does. And and now um, with your background in marketing, you're moving yeah. it forward with Fishmonger Approved. And Yeah, I mean, the whole concept was, I think of the last year, two years, I've seen her in this place of feeling stuck, mm-hmm. not knowing what to do next in her life. I mean, she works a corporate job, she provides for the family, but it doesn't give her an outlet to use her passion, her creativity, and she's so creative. And so one day I came home, I, we go out to eat a lot, and 
especially seafood. And I'm always afraid when she orders seafood because I'll sit there and I'll wait for her to give her seal of approval for seafood. And if she doesn't give her seal of approval, it could ruin the whole date night. I came home one day and I said, you know what? You need to do something else with your life. Like this corporate job isn't enough. I'm creating a business for you. I'm creating a website. It's called Fishmonger Approved because if some if you approve this seafood shack or this seafood market or restaurant, it's fishmonger worthy. And um, so that's what happened. And we we I think we put the business together in one weekend. Um, the website was up within a weekend. The logo was created that same weekend. Mm-hmm. And then within a month, uh, we we got about 1,200 followers on Facebook, and it's kind of taken off. We created 20 little video clips on YouTube, and mm-hmm. I, we're excited to see where it goes next. Margaret's excited too. I see that. <laughs> I see a different look in her eyes now. I mean, yeah. I see her excited about something and passionate, and a little overwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Well, that's great with that. We're, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll come right back, and we'll talk more about the recipe that we just had from Fishmonger Approved Margaret. We will be right back. One of our favorite places to go eat in St. Pete is Engine Number 9. They've been a staple in downtown St. Pete coming up on seven years, and they are famous for their unique and tasty burger creations. As a matter of fact, they are on the St. Pete foodies list of best burgers in St. Pete. They also made the best hot dogs list, the best chilies, and the best wings in St. Pete. Aside from the food, Engine Number no. 9 is a great sports bar with lots of TVs, beer, and wine. And you can even get a regular old cheeseburger, too, so you can bring your non-adventurous eater friends. Check out Engine Number no. 9 at the corner of MLK and 1st Avenue North in downtown St. Pete. Their burgers can't be beat. How many times have you heard a restaurant say that they have healthy food that actually tastes great? I've heard it a lot, but unfortunately, it's usually one or the other and not both until the brass bowl came around. Right. Their food actually is healthy and tastes so darn delicious. So good. They use organic ingredients and responsibly sourced seafood. Brass Bowl offers gluten-free, vegan, and carnivorous options. There truly is something for everyone. You will find imaginative flatbreads, bowls, and tasty, delicious small plates with options like fresh roasted seasonal veggies, 24-hour sous vide hanger steak, house-smoked salmon, and free-range chicken breast. And up front, they have a cold-pressed juice station and separate menu with juice bowls and elixir shots. It's like two open kitchens in one. Brass Bowl Kitchen and Juicery is really on the cutting edge of the fast, casual culture that is enjoying so much fame these days. Go get bowled over by Brass Bowl. Brass Bowl Kitchen and Juicery is located at 656 Central Avenue in downtown St. Pete. And you can check them out on the web at BrassBowlKitchen.com. Have you been to Pacific Counter? It is one of the newest fast casual concepts located on one of the fastest growing blocks in St. Pete, the 600 block of Central Avenue. They offer build-your-own bowls, burritos, or salads with a variety of the freshest bases, toppings, and sauces to satisfy anyone's craving and puts you in charge. There are actually 6,432,189 combinations possible. Overwhelmed by Build Your Own? I know that I sometimes am. Well, you can also choose from their counter creations menu already picked for you. The first couple of times we ate there, that's exactly what I did. Then I decided to get adventurous. For bases, they offer sushi rice, brown rice, noodles, or greens. Sushi rice seems to be the norm. 
but I'm not a big rice person, so I finally tried the noodles, and to say I fell in love is an understatement. They are actually sweet potato noodles, I found out later. I have no idea how they make them seem like rice noodles. I added fresh tuna and salmon, my choice of toppings and a sauce, which I didn't even need because the bowl was so good without it. I told Kevin I could eat this every day and I would probably lose weight and love it at the same time. If you haven't checked out Pacific Counter, I would highly recommend it. They are open for lunch and dinner, have a variety of unique alcoholic and non-alcoholic drink options, and they have the beloved Dole Whip. Find your fresh at Pacific Counter. Pacific Counter is located at 660 Central Avenue in downtown St. Pete. They are open 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Sunday through Thursday and 11 a.m. to midnight on Friday and Saturday. We are back! We are back! We are back on the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast with Rachel and Margaret Cavello from Fishmonger Approved. And as you heard previously, Margaret, formerly the founder, owner, chef of Maximo Seafood Shack, and the new business is Fishmonger Approved, and you guys are nice enough to share a monthly recipe. So now we will have an additional monthly recipe segment focused on seafood Mm -hmm. with our seafood expert, Margaret Covello. Yes. And with Rachel doing the marketing. Mm -hmm. And today, wow, the place smells so good. It does. My stomach is very full, (laughs) and my mouth is very happy. (laughs) We had the Fishmonger Burger... That's a tuna burger, tuna by burger. the way, mm-hmm. with wharf dressing, red slaw, and double-barreled potato salad. Thank you for feeding us, Margaret. You're welcome. Yes, it was. Glad you enjoyed it. It was amazing. I, th- I think I'm good till dinner time now. And don't forget that that burger was on challah bread. Yes. Or in challah bread. I don't know. How so, I <laughs> tell us how you came up with the idea for it, and any tips, methods, because we're going to have the recipes published on the website. Just go to the recipe section; you'll see it there. But. What would you like to add to somebody who says, okay, I want to try to make that? What, what's your advice and information? Well, it, I started with the, the tuna itself, you know, which is the star of the show, the tuna the hard part. Mm-hmm. So it's a blackfin tuna, and it was actually caught as a bycatch fish, um, not typically targeted. But, you know, it was brought in um, from longliner fishermen that went out to the Gulf of Mexico, and their targets were um, snapper and grouper primarily. Mm-hmm. So the blackfin tuna is a decent fish. It's a smaller, smaller species of tuna. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can find a blackfin at uh, uh, your fishmonger, you know, say, I'm going to throw out a name here, but Sammy Seafood, it may have it, you know, and one, one of the better um, places in town you can get uh, fresh seafood. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would I would go for that because you don't have to get you know your ahi yellowfin grade tuna for this burger because mm-hmm. you're adding some other things. It's definitely something you could eat raw if it's fresh. It's nothing wrong with it, but because it's not as popular, right? <laughs> Popularity tends to raise the price of fish a lot, right? So with the blackfin tuna. Basically, what I thought of when I was like, geez, a burger, you know, and I'm looking around, everybody's got these burgers, and they're all, they're all you know, Asian, they overuse, you know, teriyaki, soy sauce, sesame seeds, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I said, let's do an American urban street food comfort barbecue. So what I did was I came up with a, a very classic blend of a barbecue sauce. It doesn't have corn syrup. That's why I use the organic ketchup in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's part of the recipe. Um, I also have with the, within the burger, I've got some, you know, staple ingredients. You've got your red onions, garlic, you know, um, a couple of different things, parsley, um, mm-hmm. shallots, because shallots aren't, you know, as watery like you would you think any kind of an uh-huh, onion would have, okay. have too right. much water, no celery. Because, so, you know, again, this is going to be, <laughs> right. once you're done with it, you, you don't want it, you want it to be able to hold together without any breadcrumbs. 
Right. Right. So those are the kind of the things. That's what I was thinking along the line. So I had the barbecue. I'd never thought the, of that before. It's a very good mm-hmm. tip. Thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. So then I added a, uh, uh, you know, it says top of it, you know, tomatoes. That's another thing. Everybody, mm-hmm. tomato, mustard, blah, blah, blah. Now let's make something different. So I did a red slaw onion with a nigella seed mm. as a little tiny spice that goes with it, which is kind of a different, you Where know, do you crunch. find nigella seeds and what are they? Uh, I hate to say it, but you get them on Amazon. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's okay. I buy a lot on Amazon. Yeah, it's not like I go into a whole detail. They said they found them in King Tut's tomb and it's got some medicinal purposes. But I like it because it's got like a nutty crunch with a tiny, like a hint of yeah. onion. It's almost like like a, a mild cumin too. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's spelled it N I G E L N I G E L. Yeah, N I G E L or two. That's what the bag said. Rachel, how do you spell it? That's what the bag said. So I think. So we have that. You top it with that. Of course, the the bread was very important. Yeah, she. It was funny. It was fun. On the other day, she calls me. She says, "Run over to Mazaros to get some brioche bread." And I went over there. They only get those on certain days, and they didn't have it that day. And I said, "You know, I grew up." Jewish and I thought oh my Jewish and then she said potato bread and I thought well, what about like a mini challah bread because it's mm-hmm. got that somewhat of a consistency of potato bread it won't fall apart but it's not as sweet because I wanted a little bit I wanted the tuna to ha- take most of the flavor and not add too much sweet the bread so. is an important so. component because and she's as Rachel says you don't want it to take away from the flavor but you also want and this is a messy burger because mm-hmm. you've got and then I make this sauce it's kind of a call it a, a wharf dressing because it's it's a it's a twist on a, a, a thousand island which is is my least favorite dressing mm. in a restaurant but the way i make it i love it i want so. that recipe because i love thousand island. you have you have that recipe <laughs> oh good, good. You can add it to your it doesn't taste section. like your typical thousand island no, recipe it was so, so so good and the original thousand island if you if you know the story and i've written a uh, little article on that on my webpage too that explains where it was found so the wharf because of that it was actually a fisherman's recipe initially mm. So a twist on that, and so again, a messy burger, which is great. You know, you want something that kind of runs down your hands, and mm-hmm. the bread holds it together. And then I made a, um, I made a uh, potato salad that's, uh, you know, a, I call it double barrel because you've got a, a baking potato and a sweet potato that are your staples Yeah, in that it. was great. And, and of, pretty, so pretty. Touch of uh, lemon zest that you barely notice. There's mm-hmm. some tones of that with uh, mm-hmm. parsley and some of the, the traditional things that you'd find in a potato salad. And I thought that would go well on the side because of the texture, the color, and the you know, just it's it's enough for a pretty decent sized yeah, meal. The, the flavor was amazing. It was a great accompaniment to the tuna burger, and the best use of sweet potato ever. Yep. <laughs> it's not my favorite. You know, baking it in the right. oven with brown it's sugar. Yuck. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why I say that. Yeah. Because we yeah. typically do not we shy away from uh, sweet potatoes, but in that salad, it was great. It was delicious. There's a little bit of mustard and vinegar. It mm-hmm. makes it a whole different thing because it's a sweet. And you have the olives, right, olives and, and caper add yeah. a little. And then she uh, adds a little bit of olive and caper in it, which adds a little touch of salty to it, um, which is yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. I used to, I, I don't use just a regular olive too. The Sicilian olive is what mm-hmm. I use because it's got, it's almost like it's got a, um, a softer consistency. It's not as, as bitter and it's mm-hmm. not as, as vinegary. So. Right. Mm-hmm. A little right. bit salty too, maybe? Uh, not as salty either. No, okay. No. Is it a uh-huh. Sicilian Kalamata or is it a, a different type of olive? Don't it's a green me. olive. It's, <laughs> it's a green. It's a it's a it's a total green olive. Okay. You can find them on the shelf in Publix. And mm-hmm. I, I typically, if I if I'm around Mazaros and you can get in there, mm-hmm. you know that's the other problem. Right. <laughs> if you get in there, they've got them. They've got a wide assortment of olives. But those are you know one of my favorites. Nice, awesome. Well, I want to touch one more time before we get off on the the main takeaway I learned from this recipe. First of all, I want to say I loved the textures on both of them were great because you had that crunchy and it was just awesome. But my main takeaway was, and I never thought about it before, was the bread. Because a lot of times we'll have these sandwiches that are really messy in restaurants, and the bread just falls apart, and everything's a mess. Mm -hmm. So I'm 
thanking you because that was something I, I learned a lot from. You're welcome. And we got those mm-hmm. at um, Joelle's, Joelle's in town. Yeah, yep. they're, they're fabulous. And it was, it was just great to have a combination of like Margaret's amazing seafood cooking mm-hmm. and kind of a touch of my roots at the same time. So Check out the recipe on the website on stpetersburgfoodies.com, the fishmonger burger with wharf dressing. Yes. Thank, Thank you, guys. This is Chris Walker, and you're listening to CP Foodies Podcast. Welcome back to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. Our music segment, which showcases local artists, is brought to you by One Step Media and Kate Reuter. One Step Media provides management, marketing, and booking services to independent artists, and Kate herself is also a singer-songwriter. We have the band Oxford Noland in the house today. They recently released their new album titled One Take. The album is titled that because they actually did it in one take. We'll get into that after we test them with the Fast Five Foodies questions. Welcome to the show, Shua and Bucky. Thanks for having us. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Are you guys ready for the Fast Five Foodies questions? We are. Yeah. All right. I'll start with you, Shua, and then Bucky, you can answer after that. What is your favorite food? Chicken wings. Nice. That was easy. Mm-hmm. Do you have any place in particular that you like them from? From here, I really like uh, Engine Number no. 9. Oh, yeah. The sriracha ones. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they're yeah. really good. Yeah. I get them extra crispy. A lot of people rave about those at yes. Engine. I'm a creature of habit, so anywhere I go, I get the chicken wings. <laughs> I used to go to Buffalo a lot as a child, so I got chicken wings up there, and those mm-hmm. are probably the best. Yeah. I mean, buffalo wings. Right, so. right. Exactly. What about you, Bucky? First thing that comes to mind is baby back ribs. Nice. Yeah. And that was one of those other things, like I'm a creature of habit as well. So mm-hmm. I go to any barbecue restaurant, I get the baby back ribs, and that tells me if they're good or not, you know? Right. So I would definitely say baby back ribs. And mm-hmm. typically, I like I like a spicier barbecue sauce mm-hmm. or a dry rub right. on it. So that would, I would have to go with that. Okay, yeah. great. Any place you like it around here? Not particularly, no. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while since I've had a really, really good set of baby back ribs. Actually, my my buddy Harry Mm -hmm. smokes his own ribs, and I would say Ah. that's probably the best ribs that I've had in a very long time are his. Nice. So I I I wouldn't say that I've gone out and gotten ribs from anywhere recently Mm -hmm. because I haven't found anywhere that's beaten Harry's. There you go. Yeah. Shout out to Harry if you're listening. It's probably going to be hard to do. I think Harry's got everyone beat. Yeah, how come, <laughs> how come I have never had his gonna, wing or his uh, ribs? We're going to need Harry's can, address after this. Yeah, we can yeah. change that. We can change that. <laughs> Does Harry live around here? He lives in Orlando. Oh, that's close enough. Yeah, yeah. We get there. Okay. So what's your least favorite food, Shua? Dog food. <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean you don't dislike anything? Not off the top of my head. Um, no, I really like everything. Oh, well, that's great. What about you, Bucky? Olives. <laughs> I absolutely hate Olives. There's, you're the third or fourth person yeah, that's given that is, answer. I think it's yeah. number four. So that's number one, four. one of the things we definitely learned from doing this show over the past year is that not everybody likes olives. Right. Man, I never knew that until we did this show. And I want to like them. It's not like I'm like, I hate olives. Don't give them to me. Like every time somebody's <laughs> like, here's a really good olive. I'm like, let me try it. Maybe like my, my taste will change. Right. And I guess slowly they've been less disgusting to me, but... <laughs> But it, I still like. There's, there's like a point in time about a few seconds in where I'm just like, oh man, that's the flavor that I don't like. It's wow. So and it gets farther towards the aftertaste. You know, what, is the, the, what does it taste like to it's you? It's like a. Can you describe the it? The best way I can describe it is just kind of like a downwards, like 
I guess it's probably that briny, like that kind of, it's like a dark, salty flavor that kind of moves downwards mm-hmm. at the end of the flavor that I'm just like, oh, it just kind of like, and the, the initial flavor, I'm like, this is pretty good. And then yeah. it's just like, and then it just crash and burn. <laughs> yeah. That's a great description. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So, uh, Shua, what's your favorite restaurant in St. Pete? Oh, God. Um, let me think here. I really like La Vie. I really like right next door, Penwalk and Bowl. They're really good. They are. I go to Engine probably too much. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man, everywhere is good. I'm just everywhere. I spend actually most of my money eating out. So between <laughs> Casita and Red Mesa and Engine, La Vie, Penwalk and Bowl, um, they take most of my money. All, all good places. They can yes. all be your favorite. They mm. can. For this yes. answer. You should try okay. pa- Papa's Taqueria if you haven't tried that yet. I have not. Okay. They so. recently opened on Central Ave In on the... 1000 block or 1100 block? 1000 block. Yeah. Okay. Where uh, the consignment shop used to be. Okay. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 We're from Plant City, so we uh, are taco connoisseurs, self-proclaimed taco connoisseurs. <laughs> <laughs> so. Tacos and strawberries. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Plant, Plant yeah. City in a nutshell. Right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's your favorite restaurant in St. Pete, Bucky? That's a hard one for me to answer because I actually don't spend a lot of time here. Okay. Um, I, I still live in Plant City. Mm-hmm. Um, but of the restaurants that I have eaten here, I would say Casita is probably one of my favorites, you know, just because I grew up on Mexican food. And sure. that's just one of those things that I seek out as well. That's one, That was the other one in my, my head when I was thinking baby back ribs or tacos, <laughs> you know? Like, so um, You can have baby back rib tacos. Yes, I know. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you just blew my mind Probably quite want, a bit. Yeah. Probably <laughs> want to debone them though first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like some, well, that's the thing here. is you just you know you you pull the bone out as you put the taco in. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, this is digressing. <laughs> okay, um, salt or pepper? Salt, pepper. Oh wow, that was great. Opposite. I'm salt. He's pepper. Can you cook? Yes. You said you eat out every night. I do cook a lot as well. <laughs> I do cook a lot as well. Um, I spent him. a few years as a running a cafe, a health food cafe. So okay. I got a lot of free, well, paid experience technically to mm. do that. So uh, last night I cooked a New York strip steak and roasted corn and kale slaw. Yummy. Nice. That does sound good. Yeah, we love steak. Steak and corn are two of Lori's favorite They foods. are two of my favorite mm. things. Uh, Bucky, can you cook? Uh, not really, no. No. I have a wonderful, wonderful girlfriend that gets mad at me because I don't cook. Does <laughs> she, she cook? She does, and that's okay. why she gets mad at me. <laughs> she's like, come on, man. I'm here doing all this and doing it, and she's like, come on, you can make one meal. Do, do you like, help clean up anyway? Yeah. All right, there you yeah, go. Yeah, I definitely help. And I, can, I, I mean, I can cook eggs. I can cook uh, pasta. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I would say I would be scared to eat, eat chicken that I've cooked because I'm not really sure exactly how it's supposed to like I'm like I wouldn't know if it's cooked fully or overcooked or right. anything. I know it's a pretty scary. You've mentioned that. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a pretty scary meat to cook. Mm-hmm. You know, it can but be. I've cooked burgers and things like that. But I I'm, I wouldn't be able to put down like a like an actual meal, like a, like like a real right. real meal. Yeah, you know what's funny about that question? And again, this is uh, episode fifty-seven. Are we on? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've asked this question several times. The thing 50, is, we've fifty-seven times. We've, <laughs> at least <laughs> we've never defined what it means can you cook because like we had one guy that said yes and then i said what do you cook and he said avocado toast so i'm like thinking bucky could probably make that <laughs> yeah, I, was just, I was thinking about that same one too i'm like well i guess so, if you put it in the toaster so, it's considered cooking but yeah but by that definition you can cook yeah, yeah. yeah. i forget who said that but we picked on him for like weeks oh after. he's, been- <laughs> he's oh, really man. good at boiling water yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. there you go yeah 
All so, right. so you guys are cousins. Yes. That's because I, was, I started looking up stuff on you guys, and I saw like these uh, things that said like family band. I'm like, is this like the Partridge family? Or? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, no, because they're cousins. Yeah. No. So Shua, you are on lefty upside down and backwards guitar mm-hmm. and lead vocals. Yes. Yeah. And Bucky plays drums one-handed while playing synth, bass, slash keys with the other. Yep. And also using for the, foot, for using the most part foot on bass drum. So foot on bass drum. So yeah. you're a four-person, two-person band. Yes, kind of. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, technically, well, I mean, technically four because uh, one of those four could do backup vocals as well. So. Yeah. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so you guys have a new EP out. Yes. Came out well, fairly new. It came out August twenty third, twenty ninth this year. So yeah. It's a, like come a month, a month and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's five tracks on there. Yes. And usually, you know, I'll listen to the EP or whatever and say, oh, yeah, this is my favorite song. And I was like saying that on every song. <laughs> so I <laughs> emailed you. you guys back going, I don't know what song we're going to do. I can't figure it out because I just can't decide. Yeah. And it's like pick your favorite kid or something. But then yeah. finally, I'm like, I'm going to pick this one because in the beginning, you're definitely using both hands on the drums. Yeah. On this one. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and the audience will know what I mean when we play the song. So the EP is titled One Take. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you can get that several places online. Everywhere. It's on iTunes. It's on uh, Bandcamp mm-hmm. and everywhere else. Yeah, Apple Music, Spotify. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Just everything right. about Pandora. Yeah. I think we might be on Pandora as well. <laughs> okay. <you> <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> and the name of the song is Save Arlene. Mm-hmm. And correct me on anything. I might be wrong about this, but I'm thinking C minor is the key. Aaron? Um, it is... I play a C capoed up to three, so no, whatever no. that means. It's, it's oh, the, you got the, the capo on there. Okay. Well, the changes. Did you watch the video? No. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, I could have cheated that way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the, change, the changes are. It could be C minor because the changes are E flat, C, G minor, G minor. Yeah. So it could be it could be C minor. So yeah. I guess it would be like a three one five if you think about it that way. Right. Yeah, but I don't. I'm, I'm thinking it's six four one. So it would be technically G minor for the way that I think about it. You're definitely not your typical drummer. Well, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> doing all this craziness. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, there's the key and there's the chords. E and flat, C, G. I have a question. Who's Arlene? She's a fictitious female that I made up. Um, <laughs> it's probably better that way. That was way. a redundant yeah. statement, but I liked it. Yes. <laughs> but I it, wasn't, liked it. it wasn't redundant. It was an alliteration. Right. And fictitious female that I made up. Well, the first two words were an alliteration. So all the time I had to take to try to decide on the song, and then to learn the musical part, I didn't have time to really concentrate on the lyrics. So what is it about? It's about saving Arlene. Oh. Okay. Come on, get get in there. That, you know it's about it. that part, I guess. Yeah, um, it's um, from herself. From what? Yeah, um, I dealt with a lot of people who have had addiction problems in their life, mm-hmm. um, as well as myself. I've had. You know, I smoke cigarettes and I drink beer and mm-hmm. can, I consider that to be an addiction. So, but the people who I've known in my life have had much more serious addictions. Mm-hmm. And, um, I guess that would be a, a song about somebody in my previous life that I've dealt with that really wasn't doing so well, but right. n- now they are. So it's good. 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 So, so we have a happy ending. Yeah. It's From a happy sounding I'm, song too. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So online on Facebook, we find you guys. The, the band is Oxford Noland. Mm-hmm. With the D on the end. The of D both. on the end, right? Sometimes people forget the D. Yeah. I did that. Mm-hmm. So on Facebook, Oxford Noland. And Shu and Bucky, thank you so much. No problem. Here we are with the song Save Arlene from Oxford Noland's One Take EP. 
Once again, that was Oxford Noland with Save Arlene. We have one comment from last week's show with uh, Jeremy DeClue. Colin Siaquan says, Jeremy, I had been meaning to do a quick breakfast to get to know you, but all I had to do was listen to this great podcast, hashtag Craving Crepes. Well, you're still going to be craving crepes if you don't go see him for breakfast, so it's not the goal of the show for you to not go to the restaurant. It's for you to go there, so get there. New items on stpetersburgfoodies.com include, we have another breaking news on a new place opening, go figure, Toss Salads and Wraps. It will be diagonally across from Cider Press on the side street there in between Central and First Ave North, which would be 6th Street, in the spot where the shoe repair used to be. So look for uh, Toss Salads and Wraps opening. It'll be probably December or January is the current estimate. We also have a new piece on the top 10 cheese and charcuterie boards in St. Pete. So check that out on stpetersburgfoodies.com. Next week on the podcast, we have Reno Coez and Jason Sale from Tropez, the new lounge on the 400 block of Central Avenue. That's it for this episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our guests, Margaret and Rachel Covello. And the band, Oxford Oxford Noland. Noland. And thanks Thanks to to our our sponsors, Salty Jays, Booyah Ramen, Engine Number 9, Brass Bowl Kitchen and Juicery, and Pacific Pacific Counter. Counter. Our announcer is Candice Aviles from Meet the Chef and Channel 10 News. And our theme music is provided by the Chris Walker Band. We'd like to remind you to check out all the latest restaurant reviews, foodies news, top 10 lists, and updated happy hours on stpetersburgfoodies.com. Please give us a rating and review on whichever app you're using to listen to the show. And remember to share the show with your foodie friends. Until Until next next time, time, may your food be hot and your bubbly cold. All right, now we each one of us has got a fish. What are you laughing at, Martini? You're not an idiot. Huh? You're not a goddamn loony now, boy. You're a fisherman. <laughs> uh.